skeptical about custom beauty, honestly, y'all, I totally get it. My feed is flooded with customize this and personalize that, all promising, you know, to fix all of our beauty, hair, and skin problems. Truthfully, I was so skeptical when I saw this brand, but I'm a total believer now. When pros says custom, they actually mean it. Their products are no gimmicks, and your formula couldn't exist without you. Each and every bottle of Pro's custom hair care and skin care is made to order and personalized with unique blends of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. And they get personal. Pro's covers everything from your concerns to diet, exercise, and stress levels to uncover what's impacting your hair and skin health. Did you know, for example, that Minneapolis has like weirdly hard water, which apparently was affecting my hair? So like some of the ingredients that they put into my hair care was to like deal with the fact that we have hard water. Wow. I love that. They also asked me things like, you know, because I have had a baby recently, like, am I still breastfeeding? What are my hair goals? And I also really appreciated they asked like, how much effort do you want to put into your hair? Yeah, <laughs> because like I'm at the point, you know, I used to let, yeah, I used to do those, you know, put effort into my appearance, but now it's like, I just want to be able to walk out of the door without feeling self-conscious. Um, I, this is truly such a genuine endorsement. So I've really enjoyed using these products. But don't just take our word for it. In a third-party, double-blind, dermatologist-supervised control clinical trial, this is like the gold standard of all of these trials, Pros proved that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. Try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering our listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash justbreakup. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash justbreakup for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas, pros.com slash justbreakup. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. And today we're going to be answering a letter from somebody who is feeling like multiple anchors are coming loose at once. But before we begin, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that Sierra and I are not licensed mental health practitioners. Correct. We are not professionals. We are not trained in any of this in any accredited way. So please take our advice as you see fit in your life. We are just here to offer our humble musings. So hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs about the incredibly rewarding, but mostly confusing experience that is love. All right, I'm going to dive into today's letter. It is from Anchorless Boat, whose pronouns are she, her, and they, them, and who is writing to us from The Void. A bit of background, I, 30, she, they, moved halfway across the world to a U.S. city for a few months before the pandemic. Over the last four years I've been here, I moved nine times, changed jobs twice, and began and ended a three-year cohabitating relationship and also experienced the pandemic and the dumpster fire of U.S. politics very far away from family and uh, old friends. So it just felt like a very tumultuous and unstable time. 
Immediately after the breakup of my long-term relationship, which happened very early in 2023 and whilst hard, it was overwhelmingly the right decision. I was applying for jobs back in my home country. But then I got approached by a really exciting job here and also became so appreciative of my friends and community who really showed up for me during my breakup. And I fell in love with the city I'm in all over again. Also, despite really trying to avoid a rebound post-breakup and focusing on myself, just a month after my breakup, I organically met someone wonderful, 25, he, they, through a mutual hobby. I was really, really not looking for a relationship, but they were so interesting to talk to. We worked in similar fields career-wise, have a lot of shared values and experiences in our upbringing. And I just adore, adore spending, and I just adore spending time with them. They have also really helped me feel comfortable feeling queer enough or bi enough to really embrace being queer in the way that I was nervous to do before. We discussed life plans and timelines when first seeing each other, and it did seem like the five-year age gap meant we were in slightly different life stages. But initially, I had made it very clear I was planning on moving, newly out of a relationship, etc. So we were taking it slow, being in the present, with the idea of there being a time limit to our relationship. But, of course, we fell in love. I met their family, became friends with their friends, and now we feel like best friends. I forgot about the future for a while and was focused on having a really nice, stable present and throwing myself into a new job, which was so rewarding. For a time, it felt like everything was so right. But just five months into starting this new job, the grant which funds my work was inexplicably pulled, and there aren't clear opportunities for me to stay in my job. My visa and ability to stay in the U.S. is also linked to my job. So there's questions about geography and where I want to am able slash am able to live. I do have almost a year to figure out my next steps, so it's not like I need to leave my job or the U.S. immediately. Spurred by this work instability, I revisited conversations about the future with my partner now of almost a year to find out that they were uncertain about kids and for sure didn't want to have any before the age of 35, so when I'm 40. I'm about 90% sure I want to be a parent and am in no rush beyond biological limitations, but I think it's important for it to be at least a viable option, which I can explore with my partner. It doesn't seem like there's enough overlapping flexibility in our visions for the future for things to work, but it's hard because the future is so hard to predict. One of us could be infertile or I could just end up deciding parenting is not for me in the end anyway. I know 11 months is still the honeymoon phase, but I just feel so loved and supported and seen in this relationship. And the idea of parting ways with someone who has been one of my closest friends and such a big presence in my life over something that could be an issue five plus years down the line feels so heartbreaking, especially because they are such a calming presence for me, which is so appreciated as I navigate an uncertain time. I guess what I'm struggling with is... How to figure out how to manage when multiple anchors in life seem to be coming loose at once. Do I figure out career next steps first and just appreciate the support my partner can give me while navigating that and worry about our timelines and goals once other elements of life are more stable? I'm also really, really struggling with figuring out how fundamentally a goal of being a parent is for me. How do you separate out societal messaging about motherhood and parenting from your authentic desires? 
I know this is super long, so feel free to use an abridged version. And even if this doesn't make the podcast, as many have said, just writing everything out has been so cathartic. All right, Anchorless Boat, thank you so much for writing to us. Um, I'm sorry that you are in a time of such uncertainty. Um, you know, it sucks to know that you're going to get laid off, um, especially when that the job that you have is tied to whether or not you can stay in the place that you're living. Um, and I'm sorry that you're in this place where you're kind of looking at your relationship and realizing like, oh, this is really wonderful and he's so great. And also we have maybe this underlying incompatibility that might be something that we can't work through might be just like a whole difference in worldviews that, that is making us unable to be together. Um, it's always hard to be in a place where you don't know what the future is going to hold and in a place where so much of what the present is also feels uncertain to you. Um, so I deeply, uh, understand and empathize with what you're going through. Um, and I think Sierra and I are going to offer some, some assurances, some, ways of looking at this that might be helpful. Uh, but mostly we just want you to know that we are in this with you um, and and want you to figure out what is going to be best for you. But before we dig into that, we're going to take a short break. All right, y'all know that Sam and I record every single episode of Just Breakup virtually. So I literally see this beautiful person on Zoom like multiple times a week. And every time Sam pops up into Zoom, I comment on their outfit. And I swear, like 99% of the time, I'm like, oh my God, that outfit is so cute. Where did you get it? Sam says quince. You too can upgrade your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach. That's right. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middle person and passes that saving on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Y'all have heard me talk about my leather bag that I use as both a laptop bag and a diaper bag. And I love it because (laughs) (laughs) honestly, it looks really cute in every single circumstance that I use it. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E.com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. All right, head and heart workers, you know, I'm all about tackling our money shame 
and becoming fiscally empowered, regardless of how much money we make or how much debt we have. I think it's such a crucial step in our own self-acceptance and empowerment. That's why I love that today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. With Rocket Money, you can see all of your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, you can just cancel it with a tap. You never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled unwanted subscriptions. And listen, we always talk to you about like conflict styles and open and honest communications, but honestly, save your energy and get Rocket Money to cancel those subscriptions for you. <laughs> Stop wasting yeah. you money. You don't need to practice that. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need to do head and heart work with like customer service representatives. You know what I mean? Like just like... Use the middle person. <laughs> Just get Rocket Money in there to help you do what you need to do. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. That's rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. All right, my darling. Thank you so much for writing and for trusting us with this letter just echoing what Sam said, th this is a lot, you know, I, I just want you to take a moment and sit, look at what you wrote us, you know, the last four years, there's been a lot of turbulence, a lot of change, um, good things and bad things, you know, um, so just give yourself credit for making it to right now, making it to the point where you're looking at your life and saying, okay, I'm not sure what the next step is, but I made it here, right? Because Sam and I can point to all these things in this letter that are, that would be deeply destabilizing for us. And you've experienced a lot of them, right? Change of relationship, change of job, new city, the pandemic and the dumpster fire that is the U.S. politics over the last four years. Like it really, you're dealing with a lot. And now you're you are being asked to look to the future. Like you said, you, you, I think you found such empowerment in being present. You found empowerment in following connection, in working somewhere that you felt really passionate about and being in the moment of loving yourself and loving your partner and loving your life. And then life is like, haha, fuck you. We're going to destabilize everything and make you think about the future. And, you know, I'm a planner I like to anticipate things. I like to set myself up for choices that I'm going to make in six months or whatever. Um, I find that planning like lessens my anxiety, but it never prevents me from suffering or whatever my anxiety tells it me it's going to do, you know. <laughs> um, uh, and, you know, as much as I'm a planner, I recognize that that does take us out of the immediate moment. And it often planning like, like this, like you said in your letter, like you're, it's just so unknown. Everything is so unknown. So it's, it's really hard to strike the balance between setting your life up to be in alignment with your vision for it and 
recognizing that every day is a gift and every day is an unknown. And there's, there's only so much planning we can do, you know, because we don't know the person we're going to evolve into. We don't know what hardships we're going to face. So like, this is just, this is in general, a tricky letter for me because, um, because of trying to toe that line between planning, um, making the right choice for your future, um, and also just recognizing that that future is so muddied because we don't know what it's going to be. And added to that, like maybe I feel particularly irked by this because I'm a woman and I too felt like this, the cultural ticking of my biological clock and the conditioning that I experienced in terms of motherhood and parenthood and all of the weird mixed messages we get about that. Um, it's tricky, man. It's so tricky. You know, I, I'm a mother now and I, I think I always wanted to be one, but I felt stressed about that decision. I felt pressured into that decision. I felt like I was too, I felt like when I was prioritizing it, when I was trying to say like, I want a partnership that leads to parenting, leads to children. I was like putting myself out there too much. Like I was being too intense and I was assuming too much. Like I feel like there's, we, we are told as women or as people who can have babies that like we got to always think about our clock, that we got to tap into our maternal instinct and yada, yada, yada. And if we don't want to have children, we just haven't like been realistic with ourselves. And then at the same time, we're told like, you know, don't push people into having kids and don't be too upfront about that. And like, and that wanting, prioritizing, wanting to have children is somehow like an anti-feminist thing. Um, it's just confusing. So like, in addition to the idea that like we can do all these, it's in addition to the idea that it's hard to make the next, to know what the right decision is for your future when the future is uncertain. It's also, you're also dealing with something that's way not black and white as black and white as we are told that it is, you know, like you said in the letter, like we are for sure pressured and conditioned into maternity and parenthood. Right. So sometimes it's hard to figure out what our authentic desires are under all of that social conditioning. And then on top of that, like we're told not to wait too long. We're told not to have kids too early because then we'll be bad parents and we'll miss out on life. But if you wait too long, you're never going to have kids and you're going to be an old spinster, you know, like, <laughs> and you can't like, you know, don't force a partner into having a baby with you. Cause then you're trapping them, but then don't break up with someone because they don't want to have kids because what a weird way, what, what a bad reason to throw away good love or, you know, then, then they say, you know, why don't you, they'll change them. You know, your partner will change their mind when they're older and then you're like, well, what if they don't? And then people are always like, oh, you'll change your mind when you're older. And you're like, no, I definitely won't. You know, anyway, this is just an example of the myriad of messages we get around having children. So it makes a lot of sense to me that you're feeling anchorless um, or confused about how to navigate this one uncertainty in your relationship while navigating the whole ocean of uncertainty that is the rest of your life, like your, your career, your geography, you know, what your next step is. Um, and to be honest, like, I don't have a clear answer. I, I am lucky that my life, that things that happened in my life aligned with my desires. 
um, that like, you know, after that, the relationship that ended right before I started the podcast was one that we had talked about getting married and having kids, but in no realistic way because we were long distance and he constantly cheated on me. But I remember us breaking up and I was, I was in my thirties and me being like, what the fuck? (laughs) Like, what if I, it, it's just, how about this? I don't have any answers, but I just want to like give a collective hug and shout out to those folks who are trying to be present and authentic in dating while also trying to plan for your future, especially around being parents. That's it's, it's like this weird tension. It's weird and stressful. And we get lots of letters about people like saying, I'm afraid that I'm never going to have kids because I'm not going to meet somebody or my partner wants kids and I don't, you know, this is a, this is a hard, this is a hard intersection of connection and I don't know, future planning. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Cause you know, I think, um, I think like you said, there's kind of an expectation that like people either really want it and are like ready and will be happy for the years that they have to raise a child or like, they're like, they don't want it at all. And I think what happens for most people is that it's like, well, I don't know that I want to do that for, or like, I don't know that I'm going to enjoy every moment of being a parent, but I think that overall I want to, and other people who are kind of like, I mean, I wouldn't say no, but like, I don't, I'm not looking out for it. Right. Like there's such a, there's such a, a diversity of experiences within wanting to be a parent and the, the sort of narrative that we have around it is that it's like the biggest decision you'll ever make in your life. And you need to be hundred percent sure all the time about it. And like, none of us are 100% sure about anything all the time. All <laughs> like, order. Yeah. We are just not. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and I also want to say like 90% is a pretty high percentage for me, right? Like if you're like 90% sure you want to be a parent, like, yeah, okay. That sounds, that sounds like a, a thing you should be aware of and pursuing, right? Like that's, you know, I think, I think, um, one of the things that, um, I am working on is trying to let go of the idea that I need to be 100% sure of what my goals and futures are or what what I want my future to be so that I can like activate it in the present. Because like what usually happens is that it's like, well, I don't know what I'm going to want in five years. I'm not going to know what I want in two years. So like I need to figure that piece out fully before I can start like taking actions in alignment with what those goals are. Because... I am never certain of anything <laughs> like you all have heard me on this podcast. I say something and then like two minutes later, I'm like, well, and, uh, you know, like I live in uncertainty. Um, and one of the things that one of my friends always says, um, her name is Miss Pearl. And she always talks about the idea of being reasonably readier for things that you think might happen. So this isn't like trying to control everything or plan for every contingency and be like, the, the master of everything, but this idea of, oh, you know, I feel like I want to have kids, right? Like, I don't know if that's going to change. I don't know like what's going to happen in five years. I don't know any of that. And also right now it seems pretty likely that I'm going to want to have children. So how am I more reasonably ready for the reality that at some point I'm going to want to have kids with someone, right? Or this thing of like, you know, I know that I'm losing my job, So 
but I don't know what that's going to mean. Am I going to get a new job here? Am I going to have to move back to my, my country of origin, right? Like all of these unknowns. And if we are waiting for 100% certainty about any of those unknowns, then we're not going to be able to do anything because like nothing is ever certain. Nothing is ever absolutely prescribed for us. So instead, how do we operate in a place that's saying like, I'm going to be reasonably readier for things that are likely to happen, right? It's possible that I might get a job here in the United States. Okay, well, let's start looking for jobs then. Let's start finding out ways that we can network or we can start applying. And it's also kind of likely that I might have to move back to the place that I'm from. So who do I need to have start having conversations with about that, right? Like, obviously not like locking anything in until we need to, but at least starting to get the idea of like, all of these things are possible. And also a lot of them are outside of my control right now. So how do I focus on what I need to be doing kind of in this moment to be ready for stuff as it might happen? Not as a way to, again, not as a way to control for every contingency, but as a way to help prepare yourself, help alleviate some of your anxiety around it. And as a way to help recognize and remember that none of this stuff is actually in our control. All we can do is decide how we want to, to prepare for and deal with that uncertainty. We can't control it, but certainly we can start to say like, okay, well, what do I wanna do? Knowing that it's really possible that I might have to move back to my home country. What do I wanna do to help make sure that I can have a soft landing or to be prepared for that, right? Like what are the things in this moment that can help prepare me for something that is probably gonna happen or has a 50-50 chance of happening? I love that. I'm gonna take that into my life. Um, I also want to add, like Sam said, like 90% is, is a lot, you know, like that's pretty sure that you want to be a parent and sort of just like building off of the confusion, the, the mixed messages that we get. I want to be clear in saying it is okay if you need to end this relationship because you don't see, you don't have a shared vision for the future. Like if your partner was like, in 10 years, I want to go live on a boat and you're deathly afraid of water. It makes a lot of sense to me that you'd be like, we are incompatible. I think because of the scarcity mindset around dating, around the, the messaging that we get around listening to our biological clock and, and like whatever, um, you know, it's, it's okay. It is okay. If you're like, this is, we are not in alignment as much as I love you. It's possible to, to love someone and have them not be, uh, your partner, your person, you know, because they, they don't share the future. That being said, I do see the benefits for you in this, of this partnership. Like I, I feel it emanating from your letter that this person has really created a sense of security and safety and joy for you. And that's not something that I would shake off lightly. And also this is a, this is a place to lean in. I think, you know, not that you need to have all of the decisions made, not that you need to break up right now, not that you need to have your entire life mapped out, but for example, you know, having a baby at 40 versus 35 is a really different lived experience. And if you are the person who would carry that child, assumptions flying everywhere on this, but I'm just assuming, um, 
you know, that is a different, that's a big ask. So I would also encourage you while I would give you permission to leave a relationship if you don't have a shared vision with them for the future. I also want to give you permission to like, um, lean into that conversation with your partner a little bit, like push, push and ebb and flow together. Because like, for example, if I was in your position, which I was really with that person I was dating before we started the podcast, he was significantly, he was like six years younger than me. And that was another thing. It was like, not only right. Six years. I can't remember four years, something like that. Um, you know, when we would talk about the future, I would talk about my timeline because I was in my thirties, you know, and that timeline was not in alignment, um, because of where he was at in his life. But I think if it was a safer, more secure relationship and there was, there was a future there that we both saw and wanted, I would just encourage you to say like, so if you don't want to have kids until you're 35, that would mean this for me. Is there any bend in that? Is there any way that we could, you know, with all the uncertainty of the future sort of, is there anywhere you can meet me in the middle? You know, having kids at 38 even is different. Uh, And, and, and also just in general, people are having kids at all different times. Now you can having kids at 40 is also not a bad thing. I just want to say that because I know plenty of people who are having kids in their forties and later. Um, but you can, you can ask for something in this timeline. You can, you can see, you can see if you can grow towards each other on this issue. And you also have every right to say, you know, I'm really pretty sure I want this. Like this might be a deal breaker for me is what I'm saying. Like this, your partner sounds really sure that they want to have kids at 35 Okay, so you're sure that you want to have kids sooner. So how, what do we do with that equation? You know, what's the, what's the compromise, right? It's not just like, and it's also not even like everyone is sure about their opposing position. And then we come to some sort of like middle ground, right? Like some of it is about like, how are you, how are you both sitting in the ambiguity of not knowing what the future is going to be like or what exactly what you want in it? And also being okay with the idea of like, I have some opinions about what that's gonna, what I would like for it to look like. And those opinions are divergent, right? How do we come to a thing to say like, can we start to prepare for what's happening in the future without saying we need to know explicitly exactly what it's going to look like? And I think that you can do that. I think that that's okay in a relationship. And I also think that like this, like, well, I'm not sure I'm uncertain is like an off ramp to having some of these important conversations. So I do think it is important to say like, yes, of course, we're never going to be sure or certain about anything. And here's what I think that I would like. So can we find a place to make that happen? Right? Like, I think it's totally reasonable for you to be like, I don't want to wait another 10 years to have kids. Like, I think that that's understandable. And, and I think that you can say that. And also if that's a deal breaker, it can be a deal breaker. And then guess what? If you're 40 and you realize that I never had kids and actually I'm pretty happy with my life doesn't mean you made a mistake, right? It doesn't mean that you like should have known that this is how it was going to go. And you threw away a good love because you have this thing that never happened and you changed your mind, right? Like, changing our mind, coming to a conclusion that we didn't expect, arriving in the future and being like, 
huh, this is really different than I thought that it would be, doesn't mean that we've done something wrong, doesn't mean that the choices that we made that brought us to that future were somehow the wrong choices. It just means that the future is unknowable. It just means that we're capable of changing and adapting. It just means that sometimes things work out differently and we find ourselves happy with one thing that we didn't expect. So like the decisions that you make now aren't necessarily like a barometer for whether or not you are a successful person in the future, right? Like they're just decisions that you're making now based on as much information as you have available to you and your feelings and experiences of the moment, which are just as valid as those future experiences that you are so sort of like preempting. Does that make sense? I think that's beautiful. I think that's so true. Yeah, I think that's a beautiful place to end it. Um, you know, in summary, we don't really have any answers, <laughs> but we really empathize with you. And um, and we're here in the thick of it with you. Um, this is going to take some some needing some some conversation some guesswork um but it'll be crunchy until it's smooth right sam <laughs> absolutely thank you so much for writing we love you all right everyone thank you so much for listening if you would like more content from us or if you would like to join us for our monthly office hours you can support us on patreon if you support us on patreon for as little as five dollars a month you'll get an additional bonus weekly episode as well as access to our office hours which are a zoom conversation with me and sierra and a bunch of patrons just kind of talking about important and not important things answering questions and just having fun together uh, that's patreon.com slash just break up pod. You can slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship memes, but most importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at justbreakuppod.com, which is also where you can find our merchandise. Please remember to like, follow, subscribe, give us a five-star rating and review. This literally keeps our mics on and helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. Just Break Up is a production of Duvid Media, original music, recording, editing, producing all magical things by our good friend Spencer Worth Davis. Make sure to check out his music and podcast. And remember, there is a bright future ahead of you. We just don't know what it's going to be what it's going to look like, who it's going to include, and how long it's going to last. All we can do is listen to that inner voice and move as confidently as we can into the murky unknown of the future. It's okay to take risks. It's okay to not know. It's okay to have a plan um, and then have that plan turn into something else. You have everything you need to succeed, whether or not we know what that success is going to look like. And if all else fails, just break up. <laughs>